0: If we're not reading the Bible through Jesus and we're taking everything as equal and giving everything uh, the same weight and taking it at its face value, the Bible's an incoherent text. How can you say, listen to the cries of the poor without looking at what makes them poor? You don't have to believe certain things to be part. The irony is that you can be pro-guns, pro-death penalty, pro-military, anti-environment, and still say you're pro-life. But people get really uncomfortable. It's Like, they want to have their religion, and they want to have their porn. They want to do both. I don't think any form of Christianity deserves to survive and thrive if it doesn't come to terms with the racism of our past. When we really tell the story of Jesus, we find a God who comes to the point where it has all collapsed. If a good teacher is to get a student to get the right answers on the test, and if Jesus was supposed to get us to get the right answer for when we die, then can we just be honest and say, not a good teacher? Hey, welcome everyone to Jesus Never Ran. Always great to be with you. Of course, this episode, as well as most of the Jesus Never Ran episodes, are sponsored by Angie Niska with Rise Nutrition. You can find them at Rise Menominee on Facebook. And if you go to the show notes, you can get your free wellness profile by clicking the link there. That's Rise Nutrition with Angie Niska. Again, that's Rise Menominee. Rise is with a Z interesting thing going on culturally in our churches these days a good chunk of people that go to evangelical churches would consider themselves open and affirming while the churches they attend are not so what are we going to do about that a good friend of mine in a former life used to work for an organization called young life If you're not familiar with Young Life, Young Life is basically a Christian ministry, a Christian organization. I would call them an evangelical organization, although I'm not so sure they identify as that. But a conservative Christian organization that works with, you guessed it, youth and college students. A lot of their work is done through summer camps and different things like that, just like you would assume. Anyway, the point of my story is that this last week, my friend made me aware of a letter that was written from the leadership of the organization to the staff members of the organization. The letter was not supposed to be shared with anyone. It was watermarked, and the way it got leaked is somebody retyped the letter and made it public. So how valid it is is not really the point of this episode, but what was in that letter, and if you want to read the full letter or the letter that was retyped anyway, I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested. Again, not the point of this episode, but if you're curious, I'll put it there. What this letter said was that Young Life is taking a stance that the only godly approach to gender and sexuality is if you are straight or cisgender. Basically saying that to be aligned with God's plan, you have to be straight or cisgender. Up to this point, they had not really taken a hard stance on it, again, from my friend's perspective, allowing some of the staff members to operate as their convictions led them to include LGBTQ kids in their groups and in their camps as they would any other student. But now with this letter, it forces a deeper conversation to be had. And they're definitely drawing a line in the sand, putting their stake in the ground, whatever analogy you want to use, that's what they're doing. And they're very specifically saying that Young Life is an organization primarily for straight and cisgender young people. And if you are LGBTQ+, you are not as welcome. That's the way I take that. So now this forces a lot of decisions to be made by leadership, by staff members, by funders, by people that send their kids to Young Life camps. And I guess on some level, I would say thank you to Young Life because now at least you have been clear about what you believe. That being said, they haven't been clear yet because they have not officially released anything publicly. This is something, again, that was leaked. But if they do release it publicly, then I would say thank you, Young Life, for saying what you actually believe. Because unfortunately, what I see in our evangelical culture in our country and in our world as a whole is this space where it feels really fuzzy, where unless you dig pretty deep into the belief systems of a specific denomination or a specific church, you wouldn't know whether they are affirming or not affirming. Again, you could assume, but you wouldn't know it in black and white. And if you have a discussion with somebody, even then it will feel awfully fuzzy. So this conversation about young life, led me down a bit of a rabbit trail. And my thought behind it is what I said in the intro, that there are a lot of people, a lot of people that I know firsthand are extremely open and affirming to the LGBTQ community. I also know people who are in the LGBTQ community who are going to evangelical churches that are not open and affirming. So this, in some ways, messes with my mind because it doesn't make a ton of sense. So what we're going to do today is we're just going to walk through this a little bit. If you find yourself in that situation or if you know somebody that's in that situation, I'm hoping that this episode will help all of us have some tools in our back pocket to know how to move forward with this being the reality in our world today. Forgive me for being Captain Obvious here, but step one in this conversation is simply for each of us individually to decide where we stand. It's our responsibility to put our own stake in the ground, our own line in the sand, and say what it is that we believe about this issue. You don't have to say it to anybody but yourself, but you need to know what you think. Are you fully open, inclusive, and affirming, or are you not? the biggest way that you can answer that question is if you think being gay, transgender, bisexual, anything other than straight, if you think that is a sin, then you are not open and affirming. Just because you are okay being around people that are not straight, just because you're cool if they come to your church, that doesn't make you open and affirming. What makes you open and affirming is if that you actually don't think it's a sin. (laughs) That is the line in the sand. So ask yourself, are you open and affirming? Are you not? You don't have to take any of my advice. You decide that for yourself. It's a free country, you get to decide what you believe. But take it one step further if you don't mind and ask yourself why you believe that. Because answers to the why question, why you believe those things, if it's just because that's what you were told to believe, I would dig a little bit deeper. If it's just because that's what you feel comfortable with, I would dig a little bit deeper. So don't just ask yourself, what you believe, ask yourself why you believe it. Personally, myself, I am 100% open and affirming to the core, to the LGBTQ plus community. This was actually the first big question that began my deconstruction phase of my faith Gosh, it had to be about 15 years ago now. Boy, time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) So about 15 years ago, I started having this question of saying, why is this... The big chasm. Why is this the space that nobody can manage to traverse? Why can we accept people who have murdered people and people who have done really horrible things and we say, okay, no problem, we still love you, but when it comes to somebody who's not straight, it's like, "Mm, there's the line. It seemed nuts to me. I mean, some of the conversations I found myself in were, they just felt so crazy. And so that was probably the first question I asked is, are we really looking at this properly? and the conclusion i came to was a resounding no we're not looking at it properly i've read so many books on the subject listened to so many people read so many papers and to the core am a million percent open and affirming now i've got a lot of skin in the game at this point in history because now i'm at a point where i have two children neither of my children would identify as straight so it's real to me at this stage in life it is absolutely real but I decided to be open and affirming way before I even had children. And to me, this is not just a religious or a theological issue, although it certainly is that. To me, it's a justice issue. It's a civil rights issue. If I were to tell you that a person of color was not allowed to get married at a certain church because of the way they interpreted the Bible, I think we'd all be a little bit pissed about that that's basically what we're doing to the LGBTQ+ plus community. So that's why it's a civil rights issue to me. If you're not afforded equal rights, that's a civil rights issue. I don't know any other way to look at that. And I think it's a sham. I think it sucks. I think it's ridiculous that we are allowed to openly oppress people because of our religious beliefs. That is such bullshit. I can't even get my mind around it. Just because we believe that the Bible says a certain thing should not give us the ability to oppress people. That sounds crazy when I say it out loud, but that's just the place that we're in. So again, step one, figure out where you stand and why you stand there. And I know there's not a plethora of books on being open and affirming, so I am going to, in the show notes, put at least a small handful of books that have been helpful to me in case those resources would be helpful to you in the space that you are at in life right now. Let's go back to that Young Life letter for just one minute here. You can agree with it or disagree with it, but at the end of the day... The great thing about Young Life is that they said what they actually believe. And they took all the guessing out of it. They basically said, we are anti-gay. So now parents, leaders, staff members, supporters, everybody has the opportunity to now make their own decisions based on their own convictions. Or I should say, hypothetically, they will if this letter is actually put out publicly by Young Life, which again, it hasn't been yet. So if you are part of a church or a Christian organization that seems a bit fuzzy on this issue, I think we should be afforded the opportunity to ask clarifying questions. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think people, organizations, me included, need to be forthright about what we believe and why we believe it, honestly. My guess is if you were to ask a pastor of a non-affirming evangelical church, if you were to ask a pastor if they are in support or if they're open and affirming, they would give you... <laughs> <laughs> they would sidestep it. That's what they're going to do. They'll say something to the fact, you know, it's just, it's this typical bullshit that you hear all the time. Some to the fact that everybody's welcome. We wouldn't turn anybody away, blah, blah, blah. You've probably heard some version of that and some reference before. So if that's what you get, which I'm 90% positive, that's the first thing that you're going to get. So if it is, you also have the ability to ask more clarifying questions until you get a yes or a no. For me, it's very simply, I just say, hey, would you allow somebody who's not straight, not cisgender to get married in your church? Simple yes or no question. Or in my situation, I can say, would you allow one of my kids someday to get married in your church? And then they have to give you a yes or a no. And if they give you a maybe or something fuzzy at that point, just run out the door. But they'll likely give you a yes or no at that point. So then you, based on your own convictions, which you've already thought about and you've already considered, are able to make your own decisions on things like, do you want to stay? Do you want to leave? Do you want your kids to go there? Do you want to support financially? Do you want to volunteer? You can make all of those decisions in good conscience, because you know what the organization or what the church stands for. All right, friends, this last one is where it gets difficult. So you've discovered your own convictions, you know what you believe and why you believe it. You've gotten clarity from the church or the organization that you're thinking of So now the big part, the challenging part, is actually making the informed decision that you get the opportunity to make. (laughs) This is so hard. And it's unique to every single person's situation. So I'm not going to give you an end-all, be-all answer that you should do this. Not going to do that because your situation is your situation. So I'm just going to give you some options, all right? First one, you can leave. You can just leave the organization. You can leave the church. This is ultimately the decision that I made for myself. I decided that by going to this specific church or to a church that wasn't affirming and certainly by speaking at or leading music at a church or organization that was not open and affirming that I was partnering with their beliefs So even if I personally did not have those beliefs, if you were there and you saw me speaking or if you were there and you saw me leading music or playing drums even, that it would be natural for you to assume that I believe the same thing that the church does and I don't. And so I didn't want to confuse anybody, but I also did not want to stand in alignment with something that I definitely was not in alignment with. So that's the decision I made. At this point in my life, whether it's with Podcasting, whether it's with speaking, whether it's with creating educational materials, I will not partner with an organization that is not open and affirming. I just won't. I actually don't partner with hardly any organizations that are Christian or religious in nature at all. I just kind of avoid it altogether. (laughs) So that's the stance that I took. And again, that was unique to me, that was unique to my convictions. The problem with this, and this is a real issue, and it's something that I I can feel to my very core. The problem for so many of us is that you're leaving the bad, but you're also leaving the good. Just because a church or an organization is not open and affirming does not mean that everything they stand for or do is bad. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Young life is not a bad organization. most evangelical churches are not bad churches and so when you leave all altogether, you leave the bad, you leave that toxic theology for me I left that civil rights issue but I also left so many other things. I left the people I left. The ability to come together and pool our resources and our time to do really great things in this world. You lose your community. In some ways, people are so tied into their church community that it feels like you lose your identity if you leave. So maybe on the surface, saying what well, you can leave seems like the obvious decision. It's just not. It's not obvious and it's not easy. So as much as you might at first say, yeah, I should leave. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. You really have to be prepared with the loss that comes with leaving. And I do not want to understate that at all. The loss that comes from leaving a place of faith, a community of faith, a church, the loss that you will likely experience if you leave will be nothing short of brutal you will miss it. It will make you sad. It will cause so much tension in your heart for a while. And I don't think I'd be doing this issue any justice and this suggestion any justice without being open and honest about that. Because for me, at some different points in my life, when I left things, when I left communities, when I left churches, when I left Christian organizations, there were some times when it was just brutal. Consider the loss before you make the final call, okay? So that's one option. You can leave. You just have to be prepared for what that means, and for me, that's something I was willing to do. I was willing to go through the brutal loss because it was that important to me. The other option is that you can stay. You can stay, and there's nothing wrong with staying. So let me give you some thoughts of what that could look like. You may be the type of person that believes that there's an openness. There's an openness to at least the conversation and maybe a willingness to rethink. Maybe you had that conversation with the pastor or the leader of the organization, and even though they told you, no, they're not open and affirming, maybe you saw a glimmer of hope. Maybe you saw a little bit of light that made you believe that there's a conversation that can be had. And maybe you also are willing to be a part of the leadership of that change because the best change is going to come from within. True change is almost always going to come from within. So if everybody does what I did, which is just leave, then how is that change actually going to come from the inside? My conviction was to lead, but I am hoping that some of your convictions are actually to stay, but only if you think there would be an openness or a willingness to change. We are seeing more and more churches who are becoming open and affirming. They weren't before. They're having hard conversations as a community as a whole and they're coming out the other side as open and affirming. Many of those church communities are losing the connection to their denomination because of their decision, but they're still having the courage to do it. And every church and every religious organization that has the courage to do that is giving the next organization more courage to take the first step. If you have the opportunity from the inside to help an organization, to help a church rethink and become open and affirming, you may wanna consider taking that opportunity because I would imagine as difficult as that process is probably going to be, the reward on the other side, I bet feels amazing. So maybe that's your situation. But the other thing is simply that, you know, maybe you just can't bear the thought of leaving And maybe also you don't feel prompted to lead the revolution. (laughs) If that's your situation, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's just be open and honest with ourselves, what we're capable of doing in this moment. And let's not hold any guilt, shame, or condemnation in this space either. So if that's you, you can't bear the thought of leaving your community, you can't bear the thought of leaving that organization, you don't feel like there's an opportunity to lead from within. And even if there is, maybe you don't feel that's your place at this point in your life for whatever reason, well then stay. But stay and also pray and also trust that change could come. So just be yourself. And if there's an opportunity and something comes up, just just be yourself and speak authentically and make sure that You share your convictions in a loving and open way. Don't try to pretend you're something you're not. You don't need to do that. That isn't healthy. That isn't good. But if you stay, just pray and trust and just be open and honest. In the next decade, we are going to see a wave of churches becoming open and affirming. I mean, this is so exciting. This this should be so exciting because it's already beginning to happen and it's just going to continue to build momentum. We're not always going to be in the space that we are right now. We're also going to see a wave of Christian organizations that aren't churches become open and affirming. And we're going to see a wave of new organizations and new churches being formed that are beginning open and affirming. So a little part of this, honestly, a little part of it is a waiting game. Churches always catch up to their culture, they always do. There's been so many things that the churches have been laid on, but when the people lead the way, the churches and the leadership and the religious organizations eventually catch up. And if they don't, they will likely die. And if they don't, they will likely lose people. And if they don't, they will likely lose their effectiveness. And the reason that I bring that up, the reason that I bring up the the truth behind that there's this wave coming, that there's more open and affirming churches and organizations coming each and every day, the reason I bring that up is to help all of us be at peace with wherever we're at. We can be at peace with leaving. We can be at peace with staying. We can be at peace with leading. We can be at peace with staying in the background and praying and trusting. I'm not here today to put any conviction, to put any guilt, to put any shame, to put any condemnation on you. I would simply ask that you first ask yourself where you stand. Are you open and affirming? If you are, why? If you're not, Why? Ask yourself the hard questions before you start asking other people the hard questions. Second, then go ahead and ask the hard questions to the churches and the organizations that you're connected with. Make sure you clarify it down to a yes or to a no so that you know where they stand so that you can then make an informed decision. And finally, do exactly that. Make an informed decision on what you're going to do. Are you gonna stay? Are you gonna leave? Are you gonna lead? Are you gonna pray? Are you gonna fund? Are you gonna pull your funding? Are you gonna send your kids to that camp? Are you not? All of those decisions are hard decisions, but they're decisions you get to make. And you allow your voice to be heard by the way that you make that decision. And all of us with our convictions will help the movement forward. And all of us in our own way In whatever unique way that might be, all of us will be a part of the wave of open and affirming, inclusive Christian churches and organizations that are coming to our world as we speak. Ah, thanks for following me down that rabbit trail, but friends, what did I miss? I'm sure that wasn't comprehensive. What is it that I missed? What have you experienced that might be helpful to this conversation? Feel free to message me, DM me on Instagram, or simply reply to the post that talks about this episode being released on Facebook. That's another great place to let your voice be heard. As always, if you want to support this podcast, you can follow it on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to it everywhere else, and make sure you give it a five-star rating and write a review. just helps people find us a little bit easier. Next week, we have a wonderful episode, just a great guy, Jay Baker. And if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, well, he is the son of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, and I bet those names sound familiar to you. So you won't want to miss that one in the next episode of Jesus Never Ran. But until then, friends, keep walking.